Uh, welcome to our online campus. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors here at North Point. Such a pleasure uh, to be with you all today as we talk about uh, recovery and we talk about hope. Now, we've been in uh, a series called Unchanging, talking about the things of God that, that never change. And then you heard Irene talk about you know, next week we're going to be starting an emphasis on prayer with our 40 days of prayer campaign. But right smack dab in the middle of those two things is Recovery Sunday because September is National Recovery Month. And so today, uh, our Celebrate Recovery ministry leader, Will Russell, and myself want to bring you a message about recovery and hope and faith. So we are in our 16th year of Celebrate Recovery here at North Point Church. And over those years, I've been asked one question probably more than any other question. And this is the question. How is it that people in recovery are so happy? How is it that they can have so many struggles, have made so many mistakes, and yet come in and in a short amount of time, they begin to experience joy in their life. And they're happy no matter what they're going through. Will and I hope to answer that question for you all today. The short answer is, we're discovering a solution to our life's problems. We all have problems in life. And when we get here, we begin to struggle a solution to that. And that solution is faith. And so today we wanna to talk to you about a faith that brings hope. Now, here's what we know. We know that everybody struggles with some hurt, some habit, or some hang up. Especially these days that we're in with so much going on around us, uh, people are struggling with all kinds of things like loneliness, like fear, like depression and anxiety and anger, frustration. And one of the things that is always a, a challenge for us to um, dispel, uh, to uh, destroy the myth of, and that is that recovery is only for people who are struggling with drugs and alcohol. And so I want to clear that up right away by just saying to everybody that probably 25% or less of people that come in to celebrate recovery are struggling with a chemical addiction. The rest of us are struggling with some what you might call ordinary life struggle or life stage struggle. And the reality is it's affecting our relationships. And when those relationships begin to disintegrate, that's the number one thing that drives people into recovery. So we wanna talk about peace, we wanna talk about hope, we wanna talk about joy, we wanna talk about reconciliation today uh, as we find it through Christ and through recovery. And so we have selected a passage from Romans 5 that I'm gonna read to you. Uh, if you've downloaded your notes or you can see it on the screen, just read along with me. And basically everything that Will and I are gonna talk about today is gonna be coming out of this passage right here. Here's what it says, Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. 
we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will someone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more then, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. In recovery, we're discovering Christ. And through him, we're discovering peace and hope. We're learning how to rejoice again. We discover joy and we discover that we can be reconciled to God. So what is recovery and how does it work? Well, my, my favorite definition of recovery is by author Joe Dallas. And his, his words are these, recovery is the process of reclaiming created intent. In other words, God had a plan for us when we were born, when we were put here, and we got away from that plan. And so now we are gonna go through the process of reclaiming that created intent. In other words, we're going after the life that God had intended for us in the first place. So how do we get started? Well, you guys have heard of the 12 steps. I'm sure you've at least heard that term. You may not know exactly how they read or exactly what they are. Uh, we're gonna cover the first three of them today just so you can hear them and know what they say. Uh, before I get started with step one here, I, I just want to say to you that you'll notice that the steps are written in past tense. In other words, they were written by people who had experienced some healing and some freedom, and they were saying to the rest of us, hey, here's what we did. You do this, and you'll be able to experience some healing and some freedom as well. So step one. We admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors that our lives had become unmanageable. Now there's two key words in step one for you guys, addictions and compulsive behaviors. We, we've just talked about the fact that not everybody comes in to celebrate recovery with a chemical addiction. But there are plenty of things besides drugs and alcohol that we can become addicted to. Uh, we can honestly become addicted to people or relationships. We can become addicted to stress. Uh, we like to give it a very endearing term called anxiety junkie, but the reality is we can become addicted to stress. Uh, we can have a sex addiction. And obviously, many of us are learning these days that we can have a food addiction because we've been covering ourselves with food. I know this has certainly been the case with me. I've got the COVID-19 going on, as we say, and I have to be honest when I tell you this, it's not all COVID-19. It's an inner thing with me that I, I tend to comfort myself with food. 
And so I'm facing that struggle today. I'm sure many of you are as well. And then we can be powerless over our compulsive behaviors. Well, what does that look like? Well, think about the things that, that people might do compulsively, that you might do compulsively. Uh, we're talking about things like lying or exaggerating. Or how about hiding in your phone? Which, honestly, a lot of people believe can become an addiction as well. But we can compulsively check our phone to make sure that we aren't being left out of something. Or we can use that phone as a hiding place. And then this is probably my most uh, fun one, if you want to say fun. And that says we can be compulsive shoppers. Honestly, uh, when they sent us home to work from home, I set up an office in one of the rooms on the front side of our house. And there, there's a window where I can see uh, the streets, a couple of the streets in our neighborhood. And I don't live in a, in a big neighborhood. There's, there's two streets in, and then there's a loop. And uh, that's pretty much it. Not a whole lot of houses. It's not a very deep neighborhood. But as I've been sitting there these past weeks, that Amazon truck and that Federal Express truck, they just keep coming by and keep coming by and keep coming by. So we know that people can be compulsive shoppers as well, and they make it really easy. The idea here is that if we're going to get started, there are some of these things that we have to admit they've become a problem, and we've tried to stop, and we can't. So then we get to step two. We come to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. And at this point, We've opened ourselves up. We've been a little vulnerable. We've made an admission of powerlessness. And something inside of us begins to resist the process at that point. And this is where we need to remind ourselves to look around at the healing that's happening around us. Because those things that we've been doing, they've become our friends. They're the way that we've comforted ourselves. And those Compulsive behaviors, those addictions, as odd as it may sound, this is how we've been trying to control our environment and control our life. And it hasn't worked. That solution has become a problem. The solution that we're going to talk to you about today is actually the solution and a way to hope in your life. So Philippians 2.13 has a promise here for when you experience inner resistance it says that it's God that works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. He wants for you to do the things that will make you healthy. And he can do that inside of you when you let him in to help you. A while back at, at, at Celebrate Recovery, my friend Will used, uh, used this phrase. He said that uh, uh, recovery is a joint venture between man and God. And I just had to chuckle because it's like using the words joint venture in a recovery meeting can be humorous. Uh, so we'll say it's a cooperative effort today. That's the way we'll put it today. It's a cooperative effort between man and God. But we need Jesus as higher power. We need to have him uh, in order to have the power to get started and begin healing. This is what sets Celebrate Recovery apart 
from traditional recovery programs. And we love traditional pro, uh, recovery programs. We love AA, we love NA, we love GA, we love SA, we love all those programs because they all provide healing for people. The difference though is the higher power thing and the purpose behind it. You see a traditional recovery program has a singleness of purpose. As an example, the, the, the singleness of purpose for Alcoholics Anonymous is to help people stop drinking. Uh, for Narcotics Anonymous, it's that no addict ever need die in their addiction. That is their singleness of purpose. At Celebrate Recovery, we believe in a singleness of higher power, meaning we believe that Jesus has the solution to everything that a person could be struggling with. And so we put our faith in him. So what do we have when we have Jesus? Well, if you want to fill this in, the first thing we have is we have access to peace and grace. We're going to go back to our, our passage that we uh, talked about at the top here, Romans 5, 1 and 2. It says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now we need peace and grace. We need peace for our struggles and we need grace for our mistakes. And we've made mistakes and we're gonna make more mistakes. And this is a promise for us that through Christ, we have these things. We have peace and grace because we're gonna need them going forward. The reason for that is, is we have this dual nature inside of us. For whatever reason, as human beings, we are inclined to lean toward things that aren't necessarily good for us, things that can be bad for us. Romans 7, 18 says, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Now, everyone has this battle. Becoming aware of that battle is a key part of recovery. It's a key part of life because in recovery or in denial, you have this battle going on inside of you. For whatever reason, we are inclined to lean towards things that aren't good for us. And this has been uh, the, the cause of suffering in our life. You know, I've often wondered, you guys have all heard the story of Adam and Eve. You know, the garden, paradise, the tree, uh, the symbol of the apple, that type of thing. And I've always wondered why in the midst of paradise were Adam and Eve even standing by that tree? And Romans 7, 18 says to me that it's because, it, because we have this dual nature. We have the desire to do what is good, but we can't carry it out. We're drawn to things that aren't good for us. There's a line in an older country song that says, half of my blood is Cain's blood and half of my blood is Abel's. One eye looks to heaven and the other eye looks for trouble. And that's certainly been the case in my life and it's been the case for many others. I've hurt people and other people have hurt me and it's the same for each of you. This dual nature is the cause of human suffering struggling, addictions, compulsive behaviors, 
because whatever we do, it ripples out to those around us and we wind up hurting people. Hurt people, hurt people. And so I'm gonna ask our ministry leader at Celebrate Recovery, Will, to come out now and he's gonna talk more about how we deal with this dual nature and with our struggles and our suffering. Good morning, guys. It's good to be with you all. My name is Will, and I'm just so happy to be sharing this message time with you. Hey, you know, uh, each year we, we, really, uh, we really look forward to Recovery Sunday. We look forward to uh, the month of September as it's National Recovery Month. And, and Pastor Mike, he, he came to me uh, weeks ago and he was asking me, hey, do you, do you want to share the message time with me? Uh, we're going to title it A Faith That Brings Hope. And, and we've done a lot of team teaching uh, through our Wednesday night programming. And, and it's just, it's always a really, really awesome opportunity. But I said, yeah, I said, sure. Like, I'd love to teach with you. What, like, what's the topic? A faith that brings hope. Okay, what's, what, what are my sub points? He said, I, I need you to talk on pain and suffering. And I, I was like, well, that, that's awesome. Thanks for, thanks for giving me the pain and suffering part. Like, thanks for, for, for you know, talking about hope and, and step one and step two and coming to believe. And, and now I've got to nosedive into pain and suffering. So appreciate that, Pastor Mike. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you know, Romans 7, 18, it, it, it talks about, like knowing that nothing good lives inside of us, um, that is in our sinful nature. And even as, as believers in Christ, we still have this tendency to want to drift and, and we always want to kind of go back to that thing that we probably shouldn't do. And, and maybe you're sitting there and you're wondering like, why do I still have that thought that crosses my mind? I thought that I should have been better by now or I thought that I should have been over this by now. Well, it's that dual nature that Pastor Mike was talking about. It's, it's the fact that, you know what, that like, we're still fighting this battle. Like we have hope in Jesus when we place our faith in Jesus, but we have this dual nature. So, so we have to learn how to battle that. And, and this, is, this is where we look at these things and, and realizing what we have in Jesus. So the apostle Paul, he wrote in 2 Corinthians 12, eight through 10, it says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me. And what, and what Paul's talking about here is he, is he has a, a thorn in his flesh that he was asking God to remove, a, a problem that he was asking God to remove, you could say. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So the apostle Paul had, had a, he had a, a way that he approached his problems in his life and he allowed God to use them to shape the rest of his life. And, and without the apostle Paul's writings, like we wouldn't have like basically half of our New Testament. So he had pain and he had problems. I mean, before he came to his faith in Jesus, like he persecuted the Christian church to the point of death. And so God changed this man and, and he used him to bring hope to others. And we could look at how the apostle Paul actually approached pain and suffering. And, and it says that he actually asked God to, to remove it from him. And God said, no, my, my grace is sufficient for you. And so the, the thing I want to tell you all church family is that if we didn't go through problems, in our own lives, like how could we love a hurting world? How could we relate with a hurting world outside of uh, North Point Community Church? Like there's a hurting world out there. I know that you don't really have to look very hard, especially in 2020. You could see that pain and suffering, it, it, it's abundant at this point. And, and really what it is, is that people who have no hope in Jesus, like 
that's hopelessness. And so if we didn't go through some of our trials and some of our problems, well, then we wouldn't be able to speak to those people in love and actually understand them and, and have an ear that's inclined to want to hear them. So, so you, really, you really need to know that like when we go through our problems, our pain, it has a purpose and it could shape our lives. And 2 Corinthians 12, 9 is, is talking about God's grace being sufficient for us. And at Celebrate Recovery, we have these chips that we pass out. And I have this from my, from my own keychain. It's on my car keys. And, and it's, we call it a newcomer chip. It could be a start over chip. And what it is, is it's, it's the chip at the very bottom of, of the stack. And what it is, is it's if, if you've fallen down and you need to get back up, you pick up a blue chip. If you're ready to turn something over to God, you pick up a blue chip. If you're ready to start working on something, you pick up the blue chip. Because the, the life of a Christian, it's, it's not marked by how many times we fall, but rather by how many times we get back up. And I love that this chip is not at the bottom, that it's, it's not at the top, excuse me. It's, it's because at the very bottom, God's grace is sufficient for us. So that when you feel that shame and you feel that guilt, you realize that, that God's grace, it is enough for us. And that's the base of our ministry. We realize here at Celebrate Recovery that like God's grace is the very thing that fuels our life. God's grace is the very thing that shapes all of where we walk for the rest of our life. So surely when we look at pain through God's view, it has a purpose. So the question we're asking is, what do we have when we have Jesus? Well, this is your next feeling. We have hope in the midst of suffering. We have hope in the midst of suffering. And albeit that, that might not sound like a very fun topic to talk about. That might not sound like a very fun thing uh, to talk about, but, but we really do have hope in the midst of suffering when we have Jesus inside of our lives. And Romans 5.3, it, it, it talks about how we rejoice in our sufferings. That, that it's the scripture that says that we actually rejoice in our sufferings. And that might sound pretty countercultural because in this world, like we strive to want to have comfort. We strive to want to have an easy life. We strive to want to have uh, an abundance of whatever it is that we want inside of our lives. And so this scripture is saying something completely countercultural and, and Jesus's kingdom is completely countercultural to this world that, that we live in down here. And so that's how we can actually share hope. And, and so I have a few bullet points to walk you through. And this is through the scripture of Romans 5, 3 through 4. The first bullet point says that suffering produces perseverance. So when we go through our trials and we actually lean into God and we lean into our hope in Jesus, this suffering, it produces perseverance. That's Romans 5, 3. And that perseverance, what it is, is it gives you a bit of a grit. It gives you a bit of, of, of like a grit to get your nails dirty. You realize that as you're walking through this, that I'm trusting God and that I'm trusting that, that he has a plan for this, that I know that I'm not on my own. I know that ultimately I am not on my own and, and, and I have this perseverance that turns into this, this grit. It's like a stamina in the faith. It's that our faith, it's not, it's not in, the, in, in the kiddie pool. Like it has depth now. When we look at our faith in Christ, we, we see that we have depth to get through our problems. And that perseverance or that grit, you could call it, it produces character. That's your next bullet point. It produces character. And that character that is produced, it's the character of Jesus. It's not the character of our, of our own. It's not the character of our own uh, self-reliant strength. It's, it's the character of Jesus because we're choosing to lay down our own pride and our own will and say, God, I, I want your way. Please help me. And so as we actually submit 
to God and we submit to Jesus and submit to the spirit, we then see that that, that character is built and it's the character of Jesus that's revealed in us. At Celebrate Recovery, steps one through 12, what they do is they walk you through the, the, the revealed character of Jesus. You get to see the person of Jesus as you walk through these steps because they take you closer and closer and closer to him. And these steps, they're, they're, they're merely, they're, they're guidelines to keep us going in the right path because we know that like Romans 7, 18 says that we wanna go back to our sinful nature. And the last bullet point is character produces hope. And Celebrate Recovery, it's, it's, it's merely a discipleship program. It's just like every other ministry here at North Point that we offer. It's, it's a discipleship program. It makes you more and more into the person of Jesus. That's what we sing about. That's what we long for is to be closer to Jesus, is to, is to look more and more like him, is that, that more and more of our life would reveal more and more of his goodness, both to us and, and to the people who are hurting. And so this character, it produces hope. Because family, I wanna let you know that we come here to church, right? And, and, and we get to hear the goodness of God and we believe it, but, but outside of the church, when we go out into the world, we may be the only Bible that people will ever read. We may be the only experience of Jesus that people will get to see. And maybe there's, there's people who, who are listening right now who have been hurt by someone who is, who is uh, carrying the tag of a believer in Jesus. And if someone has hurt you in that, that I'm sorry that that happened. I'm sorry. And, and I know that, that we're human and we struggle with that, but we need to take it seriously when we walk out of these church walls and we realize that we're carrying the person of Jesus with us. Like we're an ambassador and we, we, re, we rep, represent like the church of Jesus to people who are hurting. So that character produces hope. And jumping right down into Romans 5, 5, it says, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And it wasn't just a one-time dosing of the Holy Spirit and then you're done, you need to go figure life out. It's a continual gift that we keep getting when we place our faith in Jesus. It's a continual gift. That's how we can have hope in the midst of suffering. And so how do we know that we have the Holy Spirit with us? Like, how do we know? Like the apostle Paul, he, he, he wrote this and he said that like, we know it because God's love has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So before Paul wrote this, Back in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, 16 through 17. I love this. It's like fact-checking the Bible. It's, it's so awesome. Here, Jesus said these words. He says, and I will ask the Father. This is before he, he, he went to the cross. And he will give you another helper. The comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the one on standby to be with you forever. Not just for one time, not just for when you give your, your, your life to Jesus and then you, you, you just bail and you, you just, you, you fail and you hit the ground and you scrape and you get all these bumps and bruises continually. It says to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, it's another name for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. And church family, I just wanna let you know that, that maybe if this verse is, has, has touched your heart and you feel that inside, that, that I want that, that that's something that I want. I encourage you to, to hit the prayer button, to ask somebody in the chat to speak with you. We have people who wanna pray with you and people who wanna talk with you to invite Jesus into your life because friends, it's never gonna be the same again. Like life as we know it will now have a purpose inside of it and all of your life will have purpose and that is even including your pain. 
Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary in doing good. Don't get tired. Right now is, is a time that people are tired and I know it. And, I, and I'm praying that, that, that you can get strength and you can get encouraged as you keep coming back to our services, you keep coming back and having these worship experiences with others and with God and you, and you walk with God in your personal life and you spend time with God in your personal life. Let us not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. God has called us to love on, on the hurting. God has called us to give hope to the people who are feeling hopeless. God has called us to minister to people who, who, who may not ever know about the goodness of God. They may feel like just death and, and disobedience is their inheritance in their life, but we, but we come to give hope, right? Like we come to give it because we know what it's like. We felt that goodness. So remember the hope that we have in Jesus when, when you're growing weary. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, you see at just the right time. And remember that at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will someone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates, didn't just talk about it. He was about it. He demonstrated it, his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So friends, it's when we were still in our mess that Jesus came and died for us. So Remember this, that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. No one can boast about what they've done, who, who they know or what they've accomplished because at the foot of the cross, it's level because we know that Jesus died for us while we were still enemies of the cross of Christ. And so speaking of sinners, I've actually asked the, uh, the senior sinner to come back out here <laughs> and share with us our next point. Yeah, well, I may be the senior sinner, but Will's a bigger sinner than me. We've already sorted that out, right, Will? Well, you've been doing it longer than me, so why don't you take it from here? <laughs> All right, so uh, right now we're talking about what we have when we have Jesus. We've talked about the fact that we have uh, peace and grace. We've talked about the fact that we can have joy in the midst of suffering the big one here is we can have reconciliation with God. This is what our insides are calling for. All that time that we're miserable, we want to be able to just connect with God. God, can you help me? How many times have you said that? God, would you just please help me get through this? And he wants to do that for us. Uh, we're going to go back to Romans 5 here for a second. Will's going to read another little passage from there. Yeah, Romans 5, 10 through 11 says, for if while we were enemies, enemies of God that is, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more, how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have now received this reconciliation through him. And, and now basically what this is saying is that we stand in an undeserved place of grace because of Jesus. We stand made clean and made right because of the gift of Jesus' death for us and, and the fact that he, that he rose from the dead and, and that his spirit actually descended in each one of our hearts. And so uh, Pastor Mike has the next part. Absolutely, that's why we can be happy even in the midst of life's struggles uh, because we do have that reconciliation. Will and I have experienced this. You can experience this too. Uh, we talked about how the steps are written in past tense. And so we're going we're gonna to give you one more uh, from us to you. This is what we did. This is what many others have done at Celebrate Recovery. And you can do this today right where you are. 
we made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. And this just requires us just opening our heart to him, offering ourselves to him just the way we are in our natural state with our dual nature, with everything that comes with us, everything that we've done, everywhere we've ever been, everything that we ever will do and everywhere that we ever will go. Uh, this is how we do this. We just offer ourselves to him. Yeah, and the, and the corresponding scripture that goes with step three because we have scriptures that tag along and they, they complement the steps. Romans 12, one says, therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters, and, and, and this is Pastor Mike and myself, is, is, uh, we're, just, we're encouraging all of us, uh, us included to you, North Point family. I urge you brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Just remember that, that Jesus came for us while we were still in our yuck. Jesus came for us while we were still in our mess. Jesus came for us when we were still disobedient to everything in life. Jesus came when we were hurting so that we could have hope. And when we, when we choose to place our faith in Jesus, then our whole life can change and even our pain can have a purpose. So in just a moment now, uh, we're going to pray and we're going to give you an opportunity to just offer yourselves uh, to God or maybe to offer yourself again. And uh, we, we are keenly aware that there are people watching our online messages who have never visited uh, our church, have never been to a recovery meeting. And uh, we just want to take a quick moment here to just personally invite you to, to do that. Uh, come and be with us. Come and be a part of our family. We want to walk alongside you, whatever you're going through. Uh, as soon as we pray, we'll, we'll go through some information that'll, that'll be helpful to you. Uh, but first, we want to give you guys an opportunity to just take a moment with God and offer yourself to him, however he's touched you in these last few minutes. Let's pray together. So Lord... Um, Life can be challenging, and we know that you know this. Life can be difficult, and we know that you know that. But life can also uh, contain joy and laughter, smiles and happiness. Um, you have given us a way through your son to help us get through uh, times like that. And so... As we pray right now, we want to begin by just acknowledging that, that you're here, that you're with us here in this room, that wherever people are listening, wherever they can hear my voice, you're with them there, and that you can literally come into their heart. And so we want to open ourselves to you all together and each as individuals to say, God, would you just come in and do the work uh, and help us do the work? and uh, provide ambition for us, and provide courage for us, and provide um, perseverance, and, and character, and hope for us. Uh, we want to be a part of that cooperative effort. We want to let you in. And so folks, all we have to do right now is just say, God, we're ready. We're ready for you. And we agree that, it, that it's finally time. And so we're going to give you permission to come into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, first off, if you, if you just said that prayer, uh, congratulations to you. 
Uh, if you just decided to offer yourself to God, we're, we're happy for you. Um, we want you to know that uh, you can text the word today to 58124 uh, to get uh, information uh, for your decision that you've made. And, and we want to take just a, another quick minute or two to invite you out to celebrate recovery as well. Um, or to invite you to watch us on Facebook Live. There's, there's information on your screen that you can see there. Uh, you may not be able to capture all of that. And so just to, uh, to simplify things, you can always contact the church office and you can always email us at cr at northpoint.org. And then if you would like to receive updates on Celebrate Recovery, the same number applies, 58124. You just text the word recovery and we'll send you an update when we're starting a, a new uh, message series at Celebrate Recovery, when we're having an event, or when we're opening a new group. Uh, we'd, we'd like to be able to text that to you. So uh, thank you for joining us. We continue, uh, we uh, are glad that you were here. We appreciate your continued giving to our church. Uh, the work of our church continues, and there are many ways for you guys to give. And uh, so we want you to know that we appreciate that as well.